I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Two reasons. In the coming days, weeks, (laughs) months, probably years for this episode, these Feel Good Friday episodes, we are very likely going to be covering a lot more AI for two reasons. A, because it's everywhere in the news these days. AI is fucking everywhere. It's like taking over the world. It certainly is. Because Brian won't shut the fuck up about it. Really won't. <laughs> and so, so guys, with that, guys. I decided every once in a while, whenever I see something that's interesting, I will drop it into Feel Good Friday if it has to do with AI. And before we listen to it, I've come up with a little like a little segment throw to, right? And it's called so here's instead our, of is it instead of AI, it's a bry. Because because I fucking love it. Sure. It should be called I ain't hearing it. Uh, this is okay. uh, this week's edition of Abri. Dude, wait, um, okay, I'm glad you kept that short, just yeah, so that we don't that's, get uh, uh, copyright. Yeah. Yeah. Copyright infringement. Uh, that's Robot Rock by uh, a little band nobody really knows about called Daft Punk. Um, AI solves lung cancer. Yeah, I made that title up. It's not. It's not true. It's but not that at all. But however, <laughs> however. This is kind of fucking crazy. You know what is crazy? I mean, though, is, it could be the beginnings of could, this. Could be the beginnings. So, yeah, but it is it is crazy that you said that and yeah. and I was like, my reaction was like, I'm not I, surprised. <laughs> well, we're not there yet, right? No, um, I know. <laughs> uh, this is all this is all due to Sybil. Are you guys familiar with Sybil? No. Well, Sybil is not a uh, a sh- uh, thing that you straddle with a dildo that you put inside. That's and exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Wait, but it's not called a Sybil. It's no, called it's a, a Sibian. Sibian. Right? Uh, Sybil is the name of the AI tool that was uh, used here. So researchers in Boston have developed an AI tool that can uh, detect early signs of lung cancer years before doctors would typically find it on a CT scan. The AI tool, called Sybil, was created by scientists at the Mass General Cancer Center and the Massive Two Shits Institute of Technology, MIT. The Massive Two Shits Institute of Technology. Can you spell it for me? The M-A-S-S-I-V-E-T-W-O-S-H-I-T-S Institute of Technology. Massive Two Shits. Located in Cambridge. Uh, And it's been shown to uh, accurately predict whether a person will develop lung cancer in the next year with 86 to 94% accuracy in one of the studies. So here's the thing that I, that, that, because I saw this from Jerry News. That's pretty um, accurate. And, and so I am wondering the question that I want to know is if we were to talk to, uh, 
um, uh, a, a researcher or a physician or somebody is the, the difference between, um, uh, uh, what is it? It's specificity, uh, and, um, I know what you're talking about. Can you, can, can you give me, can you give me a quick Google search? It's specificity versus I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, specificity and sensitivity, sensitivity. And the two things are well, here, basically, since you couldn't fucking figure out what it was, sensitivity and specificity <laughs> mathematically describe the accuracy of a test which reports the presence or absence of a condition. Yeah. So one. So so when when something is really sensitive, it means that it it is it is sacrificing sacrificing um, uh, accuracy. Accuracy. It's it's basically overdiagnosing. It, could, or it can be so. Like, there's more false positives in something that's highly sensitive, um, and so and and then and so, and so basically, like you 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 too much of one of them. Okay. Be, and and so and so. Sorry, what, why are you saying this? So I'm saying this because when it says it's accurate, I'm right. wondering if right. that is a if that is relative if that is uh if that means that it is very uh, sensitive or specific. So you're wondering if the AI is going around like, you've got lung cancer and you've got lung cancer right. and you've got lung cancer and like really only one of us does, but it just said all three. I mean, lung cancer is the third most common cancer in the US. But let well, let's see here. So the CDC, um, which is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, currently recommends that adults at risk for lung cancer get a low-dose CT scan to screen for the disease annually. However, even with regular screenings, the most skilled radiologists may miss certain signs of the disease. This is where Sibian, sorry, Sybil comes in <laughs> as it looks for signs of where cancer is likely to appear, helping doctors detect it as early as possible. So lung cancer is the, like I said, the most common cancer in the U.S. Uh, and leading cause of cancer death <clears throat> with more than 238,000 new cases and over 127,000 deaths estimated for this year alone by the American Cancer Society. Early detection is key to treating the disease, but it can be difficult since the lungs cannot be seen or felt. Mm. Do you mean uh, uh, like, uh, what do they mean by that? We can't open you up and look at your lungs. We can't like palpate uh, your lungs. They're, they're mm, deep inside the body. And so all we have is like CT scans. CT scans can help detect cancer sooner, reducing the risk of death from lung cancer by 24%. But an AI tool like Sybil could potentially increase early detection rates and survival rates as well. So Sybil works by analyzing a single CT scan's three-dimensional image. So CT scans take a bunch of like shots, pictures from the inside of your body, and then they like create a 3D image that you can kind of look through. And Sybil does basically what a radiologist does, looks for signs of abnormal growth in the lungs, as well as other patterns or nuances that scientists don't fully understand yet. So you've got the like eyes of the radiologist in the AI, but the AI is also doing what we've seen it been doing with other things like, you know, schizophrenia and things like this, where it's finding these patterns that like, the, you know, the naked eye of a radiologist actually just can't see because we don't even know what those things are. It's I'm, But it's also really based on like the data that it's trained on. So like, uh, like from my understanding of, and I'm not, not specifically speaking to this, but in general, like, it just ingests a whole fuck data. Like it would look at like thousands of these scans historically or hundreds of thousands. And then it would go, okay, I'm now looking at this new scan. I know all of these past scans that were positive. 
what is this new scan heaven? Is is there things in common that like go far beyond because there's so much fucking data that it would be impossible for like a human being to analyze mm. it and look and see those patterns. It's able to detect some sort of <laughs> patterns in it that like the human can't, and therefore it says, "Hey, this person is likely going to develop yeah. lung cancer." So, or the, whatever. so the difference between so the difference that I'm hearing between this and like something that um could prov- could and again, it would be amazing to talk to somebody about about this. But um, like I I, lis- I was listening to this conversation with Peter T and an oncologist once, and they were talking about like sort of like the 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 next generation cancer screening and like being able to figure out in you know in more in a more timely manner whether somebody is going to develop cancer, and because obviously cancer in almost all cancers, the issue is finding it at the right time. Like if, if like most cancers, if they're found at the right time, they're very, they're very treatable. Um, and, and he was talking about how you could look, you, he was talking, oh, he was talking about blood, um, uh, they were called, uh, blood, blood, uh, uh, blood biopsies. That's what they were called. Um, and you could detect cancer cells in, in the blood, but because so many people have blood blood uh, uh, uh cancer cells they're overly sensitive they're overly sensitive and so you can't really accurately say whether or not that person to develop a tumor or a cancer just yeah, because I, the presence of the cells are there <laughs> because they might go on their body might go on to go hey you've got these cancer cells let's kill them yeah and then they never develop yeah. but you can always find and it was something like a tu- the, the 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 biggest the smallest detectable tumor that a CT scan can pick up is a, is a billion cells. It's funny because the perfect anecdote that we have for this type of technology now is actually our newly understood technology that we're using, which is large language models like ChatGPT. So like people, people can use ChatGPT and type in a question and ask it a question and they look at the output, the, the output and they go, how the fuck did it know? Like how did it know to put those words right in the right order, in the right way, that makes sense to answering my question. Because it's a beep boop. Yeah, right. It's a really it beep intense boops, beep boops. Beep boop. And and it's the same way with these things. It's like, you know, you put in a scan and you're like, does this have cancer? And it just outputs an answer. And you're like, I don't really fucking know how that worked. Yeah. But it beeps when you boop. It beep booped. And yep. like yep. most of the time it's right. But, so the, sometimes but, it's not. but <laughs> the issue or the potential issue, because like obviously when you look at these things and you go, oh my God, it has this amazing potential. You also have to think about, you know, what are the potential drawbacks? What are the, what, how, how could it be? It, we're, we're looking at how it could be helpful. How could it also be harmful? And it is, I think it is ultimately the question of like the sensitivity and the specificity because you go, well, you know, you don't, you, the one thing you want to avoid it doing is telling a person mm-hmm. who doesn't have cancer that they do. Or yeah. that, or, and, and then, and then the, and then the, the sort of like cascading effects that come from yeah. somebody thinking that they have cancer. Like but again, this is like, issue. this is early stages of this technology. And, and, you know, they're saying that Sybil provi- uh, provides predictions for whether a person will develop lung cancer in the next one to six years. And there have been cases where Sybil has detected signs of cancer that a ra- radiologist did not detect until nodules were visible on a CT scan years later. But there, but here, you know, there's another piece of this, which I find very interesting about the fact that AI, you know, is far from perfect. Um, and one of the issues is the type of data they use to train AI, which may not represent the diversity of the country's population. Mm. According to uh, Anant 
Matabushi, a professor in the Department of Biomedical Engineering at the Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta. He believes that AI tools are not being developed in a way that is tailored to help black and brown people. The scientists who developed Sybil have acknowledged that the data used to create the AI tool does not include sufficient black or Hispanic patients to have confidence in broad applicability yet. Interesting. Um, another concern is overdiagnosis, which is kind of sort of in line with where, where you guys, I think we were going there, where doctors may put patients through an unnecessary biopsy for a nodule that may end up being benign. Dr. Kim Sandler, um, uh, I believe sister of Adam Sandler, actually, uh, an associate yes. professor of radiology at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, uh, acknowledges this concern, but also believes that Sybil could be a valuable tool to help doctors make important treatment decisions. Which to me, that makes a lot of sense because it's like, if this is picking up on, you know, something that it sees um, and it's, it's signifying that it's like found something, but nobody else is seeing it. You know, is there potentially a way that this thing brings up a red flag before anyone would notice it? And then looking into that red flag, actually being able to pinpoint and find something that otherwise you probably wouldn't have for a year or two like that. That to me seems very useful. I think that that is uh, that something that you said a minute ago, Brian, which coincides with with that chair is like if we. If it if 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 you input the scan and you output a positive cancer diagnosis Mm -hmm. and the oncologist can't look at that and go i understand why it's telling me this then in my estimation an ethical oncologist is not going to tell somebody that they have cancer because if they can't tell them why they think they have cancer then they're just not going to say it so it kind of in that right in that output of yes this is a cancer diagnosis which is a whole separate conversation which Mm -hmm. kind of leads us to like is that an agi then Mm. because it's like if it can tell you why it right is is giving a cancer diagnosis and that reason is something that science doesn't even understand or know about yet then it's basically made a discovery that is indicative of an of an artificial gender we must bow down the thing that we're (laughs) we're talking about though and and you bring up a good point taylor is that like a cancer diagnosis is more nuanced than you have cancer or you don't. Yeah. You know, like, yes. like if, if a doctor came to me and said, Hey, listen, we need to do a CT scan because you have these, like, you, you know, these interesting symptoms or, you know, you're 50 years old and it's time to have a, a checkup and we're, we just want to do a CT scan for whatever reason. And the, the AI um, identifies that I might have cancer and I have an increased risk of getting cancer in five or six years. That might be a scary thing to tell me, but also maybe I can find comfort in the fact that I I know that um, it's being caught early enough if there is something to be concerned about. Because like rather than it just saying like you will have cancer in six years, you know, and that being a diagnosis, it's more so the fact that it's like you will likely develop cancer in six years, but we're going to monitor you and we'll be able to treat this early enough that it's not going to cause you problems. Yeah. I mean, or you're going to have the and best there's got to be some degree of confidence healthy. in that. Otherwise there has to be a very high degree of confidence in that because if there's not, and, and again, going back to the, like the, why is there a high reasoning, a high, a high uh, yeah, if degree it can tell of confidence, you if it can tell you, because then, I mean, especially for a medical system like Canada, which is universal healthcare, healthcare, because we have universal healthcare, one of the drawbacks of that is the burden of having 40 million people 
who have access to a healthcare system, it's like the, the upside and the downside, mm-hmm. is that it's uh, healthcare has a lot of burdens on it. So if you have people that are going, you need more screening over the next five years because you are showing that you're like have a highly higher likelihood, then that obviously has a downstream effect in terms of like, you know, booking those mm-hmm. scans, taking up resources. Mm-hmm. So you have to be, I, I mean, as long, if you can really confidently say that this is going to ultimately save you from like a very burdensome personally for the person and on the healthcare system, cancer treatment, mm-hmm. you know, of like surgery or chemo treatment or whatever, then I mean, then you're really into some, but I mean, early detection, territory. early detection is a massive step in the right yeah. direction of saving, like saving totally. lives yeah. before having to get to a point of, you know, absolutely surgery it's, and things like that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't actually know that, but like my assumption would be the yeah. earlier you find out the, the Less more invasive it has yeah, to, exactly. treatment has to exactly. Be. But yeah, it's, yeah. we're already yeah. seeing, like, we already have examples of this in the past with like, um, uh, <laughs> genetics, like the evolution of yeah. genetics and genetic like 23 testing. 23andMe stuff. Like there, there are, I mean, so you say eugenics? Brian's <laughs> yeah. super big on Whoa. eugenics. So, but like, talk about but it for, for example, I, I know that um, Huntington. Heck? So, for example, Huntington's disease is different, whereas like you, you have the genet, the gene for Huntington's, which means that you're going to yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of genetic tests that say like you have a heightened risk at getting this thing. Yeah. You know, we can't say for sure, but there's a good chance yeah. that you want to make sure that you're getting tested. I mean, if you're getting this 94%, kind of same- that's a, like, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a big percentage. I, I think that's what I said there. It was like, it was 80 something to 94, but like, you know, if someone tells you, you have a 94% chance of getting one. And cancer, it's only going to get better. Whoo, like the, like, like it's only going to get better at detecting that yes, where it's yeah, going to be. Yeah. But that, but going back to the specificity yeah. and sensitivity, right, thing, it's yeah. like, it's, it was almost like, I, I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but I remember Peter Atia and this guy basically saying, if the sensitivity is above a certain number or the sensitivity is above a certain number, sensitivity or specificity, there's like, if it's over a certain number, then that's a bad test. It's yeah. not that accurate. They, they, they just look at that test and they go, that number's too high. Well, time, I can't remember. I think it was like 80%. Time will tell. And uh, that was this week's edition of A Bride. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about uh, everyone's favorite pastime. And... You must be the Monopoly guy. Monopoly. <laughs> uh, East Ventura, When Nature Calls. This I has love that scene. nothing to do with Sick Boy, uh, but I just love the title of this article so much that I had to include it. Two men, I guess it does have, uh, there's hospitalization here. Two men hospitalized <laughs> after a game of Monopoly and in a sword fight. You see those warriors from Hammerfell? They've got curved swords. Curved swords. Hey, what was that from? Skyrim. <laughs> uh, a Monopoly game in Brussels turned bloody after an irritated man approached the players with a Japanese samurai sword. Wow. Police said the fight erupted at around 5 a.m. Who's playing fucking Monopoly at 5 a.m.? Belgians, compet- man. Belgians are fucking nuts. It's a it's a competitive game. I've lost my temper playing Monopoly. So <laughs> I'm not going to blame the guy. On April 2nd, uh, when a group of four people had been playing the popular board game on the sidewalk outside their home. Man, Brussels sounds sick. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> Samurai Swords, Monopoly at 5 a.m. on the curb. I, it actually does sound like an amazing name. This is all according <laughs> to the local paper, La Libre Belgique. Until. The participants were loud enough to wake up their neighbors. A father and son who came outside to ask the group to leave. 
Uh, things quickly beca- became heated when the players and the father and son duo resulting uh, in the son bringing out a katana for defense. Oh, so it wasn't the two players no, no, dude, fighting no, each other. <laughs> they were having so much boisterous fun because Monopoly right. is fun. It is fun. And, and they were playing at 5 a.m. when everyone's trying to f- fucking sleep. <laughs> and so daddy and son come outside and they say, hey, can, hey, 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 can we pl- can you fucking move it inside? I, it's I'm 5 a.m. I'm not sure that's how it went. Like in my mind, it's it's like these guys are playing on the sidewalk. It's getting so heated between them like together. Imagine imagine getting so heated in a game of Monopoly and I then have. somebody else comes out to get mad at you when you're already yeah, mad. Yeah. Like no well, wonder. But, here, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Okay, right. So so they got they were mad at the two fucking ding dongs that were playing Monopoly at five AM on the fucking street corner. And the guy who was losing and for the guy was, sure. The guy was losing, he was pissed. Sorry daddy and son up. come out, as daddy and son do. And they said, Can you shut the fuck up? Yeah. And the guy in the corner was like, You shut the fuck up. I'm I'm the fucking thimble and I'm I'm and this motherfucker just took Broadway or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then, and then the son goes, dad, I'm going to go get my sword. So he goes in, he gets a, fu- he gets a samurai sword. John, was it one of them? John Claude Van Damme? <laughs> I think it was John Wick, dude. Muscles from Brussels. Fucking, they come back out. After, a fight breaks out. In the midst of the fight, the sword scabbard got damaged. Oh. Exposing the blade of the sword. The scabbard got wait, damaged. Wait, so he didn't even draw the sword yet. He was well, just like... Well, I mean, once the swords, once the sword, I don't know if you guys know the rules when it comes to Japanese samurai swords, but as soon as you reveal the blade, the blade must exit and the blade must draw blood. Oh, wow. So a uh, local police <laughs> spokesperson told the newspaper that uh, the player tried to grab the katana and remove the holster. The son tried to get it back. Ultimately, both son, uh, both the son and one of the Monopoly players were wounded and reportedly both taken to hospital where the son who was struck by uh, struck. Uh, oh, oh, wow. No, uh, he was struck in an artery and remains in. Oh my God. Uh, the son who took the sword out. It's not funny. It's, it's actually the worst because you know, like in a, like the, the rule, I mean, that part's not, funny. isn't this a, isn't this like a general rule no. in, uh, <laughs> it's not funny. in, uh, it's not funny in like all. theater or cinema when a, when a gun, <laughs> when a gun is shown, it must, it must be fired. Like if they Wait, what? Like yeah. a like a general rule in like cinema or theater is when a gun is brought into the storyline, it's gonna kill someone. It's gonna shoot. Yeah, like that's a that's I, I'm I gonna shoot. I remember I took film and I studied film and video in like grade twelve. You should have that. But I learned I learned about this in like film and video in grade twelve. Uh, that when a gun is brought into a story, it will it will be shot. But it's kind of like this. Like interesting. The guy, I mean, the guy. Hey, hey, the guy brought a sword. It I must mean, be cut. It I, must I, cut. I right. just saw a scene last night in the show that I'm watching, Your Honor, second season. Not as good as the first season. Uh, where a gun shows up in the scene and does not go off. But maybe. Well, that's bad writing. In the next that's episode, a, that's bad television writing, right there. Okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just poking holes. Was all. there a cliffhanger though? Like, did it go? Like, is the gun in the next episode? Uh, well, it certainly seemed for a minute like the gun was definitely going to go off. Well, so I, I mean, you guys are bigger theater and uh, TV buffs than I am. But, you know, with my anecdotal experience of seeing a gun in a show, which was the OC. Right. I know for sure it went off. I mean, Marissa's fucking dead. She fucking died. She did. Hey, all this talk about lungs makes me want to talk about 
lungs. More. We have been talking about. So yeah. let's talk about lungs some more. Um, this is actually from Jen McGee. Thanks from uh, Jen McGee on our Discord. You can uh, come on over to our Discord. The link is in the bio. And you can send us uh, content that we can use on Feel Good Friday. So Jen McGee, you are, what do you call it? Um, producer awesome. of the week. Hey, you're fucking awesome. I was going to say fucking awesome. Um, a small, this is actually really neat and kind of dumb. <laughs> a small shift in temperature could have a big effect on how lung transplants are performed worldwide. What? So Canadian transplant scientists say they may be able to help boost the number of lungs available for transplants, all with a simple tweak of temperature. Oh, global warming. No. They uh, have been conducting studies that show that storing lungs at 10 degrees Celsius, warmer than the current standard of 4 degrees Celsius, so 14 degrees Celsius, I guess, is better for lungs harvested for transplant. No, 10 degrees from 4 degrees. 10 degrees warmer oh. than the current standard oh, of 4 sorry, degrees sorry. is 14 degrees Celsius. That is good. That good is math. the right math. Yep. They also created the world's first cooler that they say stays at 10 degrees Celsius. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> I see. I see. So, so they're actually, they're not saying 10 degrees warmer than four. They're saying 10 degrees, which is warmer, warmer. than four degrees. Right. There's so they, they, there. they, they made, they made a 10 degree Celsius cooler, the world's first, which is fucking dumb, uh, <laughs> boosting the shelf life of a donor's lungs from six hours up to 36 hours and perhaps longer. I thought they were just going to say that like the fridge broke. And like, yeah. it like the temperature went up, and they were like, "Oh, like, shit. these things won't. These they're things will last forever. They're doing better." It is actually, it's kind of shocking, isn't that? Like, you're dumb? right. Yeah, it is very. But hold dumb. on, it gets dumber. And here, I'll show. You, I'll tell you why. So, so okay, they said uh, there's a huge interest in people all over the world. Uh, there, there's a huge interest in people all over the world because it's a simple solution. It's not that complex. Said so Doctor Shaf Kashaji, Kashaji. A thoracic surgeon and chief of innovation at the University Health Network, UHN. According to the most recent data available from the Canadian Institute for Health Information, more than 220 people are waiting across the country for a lung transplant. The cooler, called the X-Port, X-Port, has allowed the transplant team from UHN to collect donor lungs from further afield because the traditional six to eight hours window which, uh, which ice kept lungs viable for a transplant, is now gone. So he said, we've been to California, we went to Nevada, we've been to Arizona. I love how they're just going to like the hottest places. Yeah. In I think hopefully this will allow us to go to different continents, said Dr. Marcelo Seipel, uh, surgical director of the transplant program at UHN, who helped design the technology. It looks... The technology <laughs> for the cooler? Yeah, dude, I know. This is why it's so dumb. So, so, I so, think the export is actually... I think you get one of these at... Dude, the NSLC, if you buy a Dude, yeah. 24 case of Oland Export, <laughs> they give you the export cooler, which keeps your beer wow. warmer wow. than you want it. <laughs> 10 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so, so, that's yeah. funny, though, is like my fridge, which is, I mean, like you can most fridges, which, is, which have been around for years. Like any, any newer fridge. You just like, uh, but even like the older ones with like the analog yeah, the dial, dial, dial right. or whatever, yeah, yeah, you just right. change. You'd set that shit to 10 degrees. Yeah. What? So, so, but here's the thing, right? This, the, we the, could though. Yeah, totally. The export, right? it's pretty high tech. I it bet. looks like uh, any white plastic picnic cooler, Stop except, it. except it's on wheels. Oh, whoa. And is this an onion article? What's nope, happening? Nope. And uh, this is actually CTV. 
And there's a GPS tracker. I feel like CTV. I mean, yeah, CTV is basically the, the fucking onion. You know what I mean? <laughs> CBC all the way. Fuck you, CTV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're CBC yeah, fans we're CBC. over here. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, it's got a GPS tracker, and it's got a temperature gauge on the side. High tech. Okay. I actually believe you can get uh, a Yeti cooler just like this at the fucking trail side, like down the street. For sure. Yetis are high tech. Actually, you know what? I honestly, maybe a bit of a hot take. I think that Yeti coolers are way overpriced and they're not really that good. But here's, I, a, here's it, a hot take. Everything on planet Earth is overpriced. Here, here's, a, here's another interesting piece here. Except Sick Boy's Patreon. The way, that, that's right. That's right. Um, here, but here's how the, the, the whole thing works. You open the fucking cooler. That has the GPS, that has the temperature gauge, that has the wheels. And it's just a lung, a set of lungs surrounded by a series of novel gel packs that keep it <laughs> constantly at 10 degrees. It's like my there's, lunch there's in no electricity. grade four. There's no electricity, said a doctor. So it's not like a it's not like a small fridge on wheels that 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 is adjusting the temperature. No, dude, it's a beer cooler with <laughs> fucking with fucking ice packs. And a GPS and wheels. Okay, so another twist, the donor lung would be implanted in a recipient the following morning, almost 18 hours after retrieval, almost three times longer than the usual. So this is when he was showing the lungs to CTV. He was like, hey, check this out. He's <laughs> fucking open. He like, look, see, you got the lungs here. Which is crazy. 18 hours later, those lungs went into someone. Which is crazy. You know why? Because, I mean, with stuff that's like really temperature sensitive, opening up the cooler is no bueno. Here's a novel idea. Uh, why don't they make maybe, the coolers? Maybe the export is better than we thought. <laughs> why, don't, why, don't, why don't they make them see-through? Then they don't even have to open them up to show people. It's true. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be that much of a leap from the <laughs> groundbreaking tech. So, so here's the part that I thought was really stupid. The okay. idea that warmer might be better for organs was first floated some three decades ago, but fell by the scientific wayside. See, I, that was the part at the beginning that I didn't really understand because you'd think at some point it, after they realized they transplant lungs, then they would obviously go to, okay, well, we need to get, not transport lungs, but transport organs in general. Yep. They would go, okay, well, how, how do we transport human organs from where they were retrieved to where they need to go? And obviously they experimented, they obviously experimented with Tissue degradation over time at different temperatures. They would go. Obviously we're gonna, not. We're going <laughs> to well, yeah, so so start at this temperature, and we're going to so go down actually, from there, and we're also going to go up from there, and we're going to stop at the goalposts where it's obviously bad on either end. But they didn't do that. Like that's <laughs> what, that. That's what they should have science. Done. That's what that's what they should have science. Did. That's what they should have done. But what they did do is someone came up with the idea of that, and then somebody else went, ah, but ice. Ice on its own keeps it fucking good. And they went, all right, cool. It's, well, yeah, sure. It's cool. Like the ice will just keep it from, it'll slow down the, the deterioration. So let's stick with that. It's like one of those Instead ideas. of someone going, but wait, why don't, why don't we like, why don't we look at, why don't we like sacrifice a few organs to look at what happens right. over these temperatures or these temperatures. But somebody else went, mm, ice is good. You, and then they went, it's just laziness. That's what this, this is. This is the biggest, this is, this is what this article should be about how big of a scientific blunder this is. Now, now get this. Here's the part that blew my fucking mind about this. Because of that small viability window, eight, sorry, not eight, 80% of lungs never make it to the donor. 
and are Whoa, unsuitable for transplant. That is actually what? so sad. Eighteen percent, eight zero. Wait, what? Unless I some I somehow accidentally added a Y to the number eight, but I didn't because I copy and pasted this from CTV. Wait, 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 wait. So they were already losing eighty percent of the lungs, yeah. and they weren't like, maybe we should try to experiment with some of these to figure out how we might be able to. I really hope there is some sort of like smart person listening to this that's like this is their field and they just go like whoa, was this whoa, published guys, on April hold 1st the fucking phone uh this is um this was published uh um not April 1st no this was published like quite recently um damn this is Jen honestly put this in uh in the in the thing here and this was published I'll say I'll tell you right now April uh 10th this is honestly just Jen G is pretty smart too so Maybe Jen. Hey, Jemic Jima just message us on on Discord and go, "You fucking idiots." Yeah. Well, it's not that simple. Well, I but mean, you know anyway, what? it is. Uh, yeah. And that's and uh, well, I mean, we're not. We're, this isn't a commentary on on Jen sharing the article. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a commentary is on. A, this, I mean, this is clearly all Jen's fault. So moving on, I'm gonna I'm gonna revoke the producer of the week, Jen, and I'm I'm fucking banning you from the Discord because I'm a Discord moderator. Um, and uh, all right, let's move on. Um, uh, but that is kind of crazy, right? Like that's some wild shit. I mean, but also oh, let's look at the bright side. That me. And the bright side is that it looks like more people will get lungs. You know what? Maybe this is just a result of, you know, when like people are like, oh, I have this idea that we should do this thing, but like surely that's been done before. Right. And so they just don't do it. Do you think it's like, I don't know. I get it. Airplane. (laughs) Then who did it? You know what I mean? Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Um, all right, uh, Bri, that reminds me that we had a really nice, uh, we, so, so we were, we were just talking about organ donation. We, we posted about the green shirt day, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and we put it up on our TikTok. It got lots of traction. That's great. Nice to see people caring about organ donation, but there was an interesting comment on that TikTok. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was something that we didn't quite realize. So I think in the, in the video and what we referred to when we spoke about this was, if you don't live in Nova Scotia, make sure you opt into organ donation, the organ donation list, because in Nova Scotia, we have a, we have a system here, which I just learned, which was only here. I thought it was Canada wide that um, you have to opt out. Um, and so we were talking about that in the TikTok, but somebody commented on something that I was like, Oh, that's fucking interesting. Yeah, Somebody commented to tell us that if you don't, so we're all opted in automatically. Mm-hmm. But if you don't actually sign up and say that you want to be a, an organ donor, it's like a soft opt-in, and you die, right? and your family or your next of kin decide that they don't want to donate your organs, then they can prevent your organs from being donated. Right. So you 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 should still opt in to ensure that if you want your organs donated, 
that because they get if, donated. Because if you if you go through the process of like like double opting in, then you're doubly sure. You're you're basically you're basically t- revoking the ability for your family yeah. to say no. And the, and honestly, I was telling you guys this. And this act. is this is um this is a, a pretty um, I, I feel like this is really important to share too because like I know that my family has gone through something similar to this. Right, you were saying that's really interesting. And so my um grandparents when my uncle died in a, in a in a motorcycle accident they decided not to donate his lungs i don't know if he was if he was, had signed up to be an organ donor yeah. or not but i know that he obviously didn't right because I, I guess he he wouldn't have it was in new brunswick and this was like 30 years ago but but um but i know that there's a lot of like grief uh, yeah. that happens when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one yeah and you can be very like protective over their clouded physical judgment. remains, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, even if you think that your family would like would you know honor the Ooh. fact and want to want to donate your organs, it is worth it to yeah. to opt in proactively because you know there are situations where they can decide otherwise for you. And so, yeah. yeah, keep your autonomy. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, this is uh, this is from uh, Stina. Shout out to Stina from our Discord. Study finds men will exaggerate when self-reporting masculinity-related traits, especially penis size. I'm going to be huge. (laughs) I'm going to be bigger than huge. Uh, According to a recent study. what is that from? (laughs) I don't know. According to a recent study, Dutch men. Now, they're specifically saying Dutch men. I think this kind of relates to all men, really. (laughs) I mean, I think it definitely relates to North American men. Not me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm six foot. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Dutch men are more likely to exaggerate when asked about traits related to masculinity. Specifically, they tend to overestimate their athleticism, their height, their weight, and all, and most of all, their PP size. I feel like uh, this is like fact, a- when it comes to erect penis size, the men in the study reported being 21% over the average. That's a size. not, that is a not, that's uh, not a All small right, we man. got six tall men versus one short king. <laughs> you know what's you know, funny? Is I feel like this is like a smear campaign against men because, like, you know, they're tall, they're handsome, they're athletic, stereotypically. And so, like, I feel like somebody was, it was just like, I'm, sh- I'm sure this was like some jaded English guy who was just like feeling jealous after right. a trip to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And since uh, Amsterdam just like made, do you guys see that? Uh, that Amsterdam said if any British people come and get drunk, they're going to throw them in jail for like 80 days because like British guys have been going to Amsterdam as like a bachelor party place for like, now that's years, they're, just getting, they're just getting very, very drunk. Article. No, it's not. It's real. <laughs> I it might be, they might've said that, but it is, it's real. You're British, yeah. you're drunk. Fucking yeah. Yeah. slammer. Yeah, you have different laws apply to you. Um, yeah, so so it's well established that penis size is seen as a marker of masculinity. Um, so it's no surprise that men feel the need to exaggerate in this area. But the study also found that men overestimate their height and athleticism on dating sites to increase their chances of success in the mating market. I am tall. I am tall. I am tall. I'm tall. I am tall. I am tall. I'm tall. And I am tall. The study authors wanted to see whether the amount of money men were paid for the study affected how much they were they were exaggerating. So they gathered up a group of 191 Danish men between the ages of 18 and 35, and divided Wait, them into two groups. Hold on. I thought these were Dutch men. 
Um, well, this is, uh, this is what it said. This is what it says. I mean, I did punch all of this into ChatGPT, so maybe ChatGPT is confused. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. Well, they're it's, either from Denmark or they're from, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Countries. It doesn't fucking matter. They ain't us. <laughs> us Canadians, we stick to the truth. I'm six foot. <laughs> I am tall. tall. Um, I'm 5'10". So, yeah, the, the, so they gathered a group of 191 Dutch or Danish men or something uh, between the ages of 18 and 35 and divided them into two groups. One was paid five bucks or five Deutschkids. <laughs> and the other was paid 22 bucks. Or how much? Or 22 Deutschkids. Uh, they asked the men to report on their height, weight, athleticism, and, and pee-pee size, both flaccid and rock hard. And compared to uh, the responses to the known averages for the Dutch population, the results were that men tend to overestimate their height, athleticism, and penis size, but not their weight. The researchers noted that men were marginally more athletic than the scale midpoint, significantly taller than the Danish mean for their age group, and claimed to have penises several centimeters longer than the average for the population. Now, maybe they just, maybe they just fucking accidentally Did. picked 191 <laughs> fucking horses, you know, like some mad studs. I know, but you pick some big old fucking wieners. You should be picking a, n- a number of people that makes it so that maybe it all evens out. <laughs> Mine's just so big. I can bend it around and put it in my own ass. <laughs> oh my God. That was a quote from one of the guys. Like, Hung like the horses, that's that's more like uh, the horses on a, I think you should leave at the ranch. Interestingly, men were much more likely to exaggerate their penis size than their height. Uh, perhaps because it's easier to get away with exaggerating when no one can see the goods. And when men were paid $5 instead of $22, they were more likely to report penis sizes that were larger than the claimed world record of 34 centimeters. What? Wait, what? Uh, dude, that's, a, that's an AI. That's, a, that's yeah. an AI. That's mis- an AI joke, that's I think. An AI, hey, yeah. hey, oh, let's <laughs> fucking, let's go. Um, All right, well, hold on. What, what do you... What? Well, hold on. What, what do we? What do we? What do we think about this? Like, what? What would? What are? When if you if you try to accurately and honestly reflect on how, like, how you would estimate these categories for yourself if someone who was asking you. So you I, I actually have thought I've thought about this, and and I know that what I'm going to say is like I guarantee you a lot of people are going to hear what I'm going to say, and they're going to fucking bullshit, but I fucking mean it. I have, I don't have. A very large penis. I also don't have a very small penis. I have a very average penis. And I've always been very okay with my average size penis. Mm -hmm. I also am very okay with admitting that I have... uh, Currently right now, if I drop trow, I would have a very small penis. Drop trow. Dude, I'm... (laughs) But when my penis gets very excited because there is something exciting in front of it... You're a shower, not a... You're a grower, grower, not a shower. shower. It is. uh, It it stands at attention and does its job. And and it looks good doing it. And you're very proud. And I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of my erect wee-wee. I would agree with that. And I I, I, I spent a lot of time in a locker room where, like, I you know, I can't lie. Yeah. Can't lie. And then, and then of, it, well, you know, you it's know, out, it's out there for the world to see when Very, it comes, when it comes to height and weight again, like I've, I've always been, I actually only, I, maybe this has changed now because I'm going to be huge. I want to, I'm going to be bigger than oh, you. God damn it. I fucking <laughs> just found out that I actually am uh, categorized. I fall under the category of a short King. 
No. And I and I thought what's that the I just got I just passed the cutoff, which I didn't. I'm actually the peak. It's five nine or under. You are no, a short king. No, dude. That's All not right, true. We got six tall men versus true. one <laughs> short king. So I am a short king. That's not true. Technically. That's not true. It is true. No, no, look, go, fucking Google it, dude. But but wouldn't a short <laughs> king by definition be somebody <laughs> shorter than the average? What is what a is, short king? What is, what is the average <laughs> height is, of a the term short king? <laughs> Just makes me laugh every time. Dude, we're all I short hear it. kings. We're all short kings. Let's see. Uh, what what height is a short king? Now, hey, look. Are I'm, you asking ChatGPT or no? Are you no, asking I'm asking Google. Google. Urban Dictionary. Here we go. Uh, five nine. Fuck, dudes. Men under five nine to five seven. Shit. So what's a what? So I guess. Oh, so someone's I guess someone's under you know five what? seven. What are they? Uh, they're yeah, not. So they're hold short on. Queens. It said men under five nine to five seven. I'm not a short king. So I am not a short king. Under 5'9? Under 5'9 to 5'7. I'm 5'9. And, and you're saying you're 5'9. I'm fucking six foot. <laughs> so, dude, so you know what? So I actually would be proud. I would be proud. Not that there's anything wrong with short kings. That's why we come up with the word short king yeah. to make you feel good you're, about your you're, you're like Dave Culligan. Don't worry, dude. You're 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 fuck you're killing it with the short, Jared, you're short Jared, king. Jerry, you're directly insulting Taylor and I, though, at the same time. Well, that no, I'm not. because I'm saying. Congratulations, you guys are short kings. You guys are the kings. <laughs> okay. I'm just a regular old guy. I'm just a boring regular you're, guy. You're a short king. Wait, are you a tall cuck? Ah. Uh, yeah. That, no. I think that accurately describes you. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I, don't, I don't cuck. I'm just wondering, no, though. I don't know. Because you're not a short king. Dude. You're not a king. <laughs> and you're not a tall king. You're not king. a king. You're kind of a cuck. <laughs> uh, maybe this is true. Um, King or cut? Uh, do you guys know that the average height of men around the world is five feet nine inches? Oh, so I'm I'm the average. Yeah. So again, I'm, like whatever. I'm slightly below average. Anyway, my whole point that my whole point of that was, um, I've never understood. I've never understood the thing about like like dating apps. When a guy says like, "I'm just gonna put six foot," it's like, well, I guess I understand that 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 is a that's that's a thing to like maybe boost your self esteem or like. Or like, get, like to maybe up your chances in a in a competitive landscape of like dating or something. But also, if you're if you are like, if you are overestimating, what's the point of about if it? you're overestimating by a margin that is imperceptible, like you're five eleven, right? If I, if I if I was like I'm five ten and a half, or you're whatever, like and and you're going if you're five ten and a half, like if someone measured you up and they went you're five ten and a half, and you go like, I would expect you to say that you're five eleven because yeah. why the fuck why, why the fuck wouldn't right. you? You know what I mean? But if you're five nine and you say you're six foot, or you're five ten and you say you're six foot, like that's a difference that you could probably spot. You know right? what? And but, so like that's but, weird. But my whole thing is I don't get why. I don't get why. I don't get why you would I mean like, just ego, like regular old ego comparison, you know, wanting to feel but, or seem like you are but dude, hold on, other but hold than on, you are. But hold on. I mean, that's just really if common. you're if you are taking an anonymous like if you're giving results to an anonymous yeah. like test or not a test but like a, a study where they're not going to know your name it's like why even do it there like what's the i don't know like why but, why skew but the I think, science i think that uh for your own ego i think that some people so weird i think me. that some people um so i think that psychologically some people want to believe that they're taller than they are for sure and so at some point in their life somebody measured them and did a fucking shitty job at it and like had the ruler fucking against the wall that's like on an angle. <laughs> on an angle. And they're like, Yeah, you're like somebody said to me, like, you're five nine. And like instead of believing that I'm five seven, which I really am, 
I'm just walking around going, yeah, I'm five nine. I'm five nine because I I'd like to believe the tallest thing somebody told me. Right. You know what is funny actually? That's funny you say that because the other day I was Canada's average height five four for men. What average height in Canada is five four? No, that's five. No, no, no. That's That's so cute. Sorry, that's average height for anybody. For anybody, yes. So not for for men. Okay. Um, I'll find the interesting little thing here, And, and again, size. Doesn't matter. Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, Height doesn't matter. Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, but uh, I was at the clinic the other day. Uh-huh. The, I mean, the other, the other day. I was at the, uh, when, when I started the Trikafta, I started gaining weight. So I was 138 pounds like when I started Trikafta. And today I'm 100, or the other day, I was 171, 172. Quite a staggering difference in, in weight. When I was 138, I could get my hands on uh, like Boost or like Ensure, like the, the like protein drink, to gain weight for free. They would just give it to me. They'd give me cases of it. And when I started the Trikafta, I was like, I was like, I mean, like, you know, the first time I went to hospital, I was like five, six pounds heavier than I typically was. And I was like, hey, can I get some of that, some of that Boost? And they were like, oh, no, you can't because you're... You're now over, you're now over like a certain BMI or something. And so we actually like, we're not allowed, we're not regulated to give it out for free Mm. unless you fall under some sort of like BMI category. There's like a threshold where they're like, we really need you to be heavier than you are. Yes, exactly. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's a good problem to have. And then I went into the clinic, I went into the clinic for, you know, something and, uh, and the dietitian came in and she goes, how tall are you? And I was like, I'm five nine. And she goes. Are you sure? I was like, I think like I don't know. That's what I've been telling everybody. I mean, maybe I'm six foot. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so she goes, it's interesting because like I think on this chart it says five seven. And I go, uh, and no offense. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I'm not five seven. I was like, oh, you're not talking to me. Oh, uh, I'm five seven. And she goes, she was like, let's go check. So we go out, and she 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 takes my height, and she goes, oh, you are you're five nine, like you're five nine and a little bit. I mean, it doesn't matter. The little bit part doesn't matter. But she goes, oh, I'm five seven and a little bit, guys. <laughs> she goes, oh, you're five nine, you're five nine and a little bit. And she goes, you actually you actually do qualify still for for boost, like for a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, okay, it doesn't fucking matter. But anyway, I just thought that was funny because like I always thought I was I always knew I was five nine. I could just tell it's in my body. It's in my bones. <laughs> Uh, but according to the fucking chart at the hospital, they were like, dude, we, we thought you were walking around here as short king. But really, I'm tall. I am tall. You know, I am tall. You know what's funny though? You know what's funny about about height? This is my so I've always thought this as somebody who's five seven. I've I've never really been insecure about my height, but also I've been five you seven. Fuck, dude. <laughs> but I've been five seven since like grade seven. Like I yeah. like I think I grew to this height relatively early. And I never thought of myself as being short. Yeah. No, like, it couldn't it, like, have been grade seven. No, but like around then I was, I was roughly. Cause I was really short in grade seven. And I feel like you and I have always grown at a similar kind of like, I don't know. Maybe group. that's your perception. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you know, that's your ego talking here. Could be. But, yeah. uh, but, but you were always, yeah, you were always like, yeah, I'm, I'm as tall as you. And I was like, you are a short King. And Yo, so, short king. How tall are you? Because I me? used to tell me, short king, exactly, or am I round up or round exactly down? like five, eight, and three quarters, something like that, like close to five nine. Close to five nine. I'm close to five eight. I'm like five, like seven that. and a half. Um, but but I've never been 
It's funny because I've never I've never been insecure about. Do you think I'm my, lying? <laughs> let's measure him right now. You could measure me. I mean, fuck, I haven't been measured in a while. God, hey, what was the last hey, time you? My doctor, last time, you just measured yourself. My doctor you thought I was last? short king. Uh, it's been a while. I mean, fuck, why would you measure yourself? You know. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Hold on. So hold on. <laughs> I do have a question for you though. So they basically said, "Oh, you're taller than we thought you were on from your chart." Yes, and, and because, so your because BMI my, is different. Yeah, yeah, because my weight was so because I was taller and I weighed the amount that I weighed. They went, "Oh, you're actually under the BMI that you need to be, so you can you could add a few more pounds before we have to take you off that." And list. were you at your like 170 or whatever? No, 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 no. This was like early, early days. This was oh, like a, oh, a month oh, or two. Okay. A month or two in. Because I was going to say, like, like I, I, I'm this actually. This was like January, and I started taking Tricaft in November. Because like, I've always actually, when you, when you look at BMI charts, I mean, BMI charts, they're, they're, they're kind of fucked. They're fucked, yeah, like, totally. When I look at a BMI chart, I'm, I'm actually quite uh, thin from, from, like, cycling, and, like, thin relative to, like, histor- my historical weight. And, and I believe now I'm, I'm considered at least in some capacity, overweight. I'm on, overweight on, on the, the BMI. On BMI. I don't think you are now, I, but you would have been. I am currently overweight on the BMI scale. Dude, I'm more... If you did the calculation. Yeah. Which is... Dude, it's look to- at me. It's totally... I'm ra- like, I'm still rail thin. I just got a... I just got... I just got a little bit of a baby bump. I, guys, or I'm... Or a beer belly if Brian wants to fucking chime in. I'm ov- I'm obese on you the... You would be. Yeah, you would be on the BMI obese. scale. Yeah. But anyway. You don't look obese. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you, short. You know, I do want to say, I do want to say one last thing though fuck about sake, the dating thing it. is that you know what? If you if if you're a person who goes on a date with a guy who's lying about his height, that's just a great. I mean, it's a good red flag to know immediately that that person is has some 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 work some challenges. Do. Yeah. Ouchie. Yeah. Um. Have you? So this is really cool. I actually saw this in a uh in a. Instagram reel with from our from our boys at uh, uh, Friday Pod or almost Friday Pods or whatever Friday Beers or whatever yeah. fuck, whatever the fuck they are they're, yeah. they're funny they were talking to someone and, and this person was talking about rough and tumble fighting have you guys ever heard of rough and tumble fighting <laughs> no. no okay we the three of us are very big fans of um, of martial arts we really like watching martial arts um, and it's you know, every weekend we're here watching fights. I follow up, bang, bang, bang. Right away after that, dang it, the dang it, the dang. See what okay. I'm doing? Now, UFC has been around for uh, since I was a kid, and thirty years, and this year. and for years, people. I mean, still, still today, people think it's barbaric. Um, but for years, way more people yeah. thought it was barbaric. I mean, it's, it's pretty barbaric. It's not a bad argument. Oh no, no, totally. Just saying, totally. perception is. But there are rules. There and are, here, and, there here are rules. Are, and here are some of the rules for and people who don't and know. And there's nuance to it. Here's some, here's some rules that people don't know. You are not allowed to kick a downed opponent or knee a downed opponent in the head. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to pull hair. You're not allowed to gouge eyes. Not you're not allowed, allowed to hit to, on the back of the head. You're not allowed to hit in the back of the head. You're not, not allowed, allowed to punch to, the dicky. You're not allowed to choke with your, with your hands around the neck. Which would be a bad technique anyway. It would be. Uh, you're not allowed to kick in the dick. You're not allowed. You're, you are allowed to kick in the butthole. You are not allowed to elbow somebody from the 12 midnight position down to down the to six. six position. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a, bunch, a bunch of rules. A bunch of rules. Rough and tumble fighting, however, there ain't no rules. <laughs> um, are they and, wearing gloves? And, uh, oh, 
Oh no, buddy. Is they it in most someone's backyard? Am not or are not. Right away you say, okay, I'm sorry. Bang, bang, bang. No, I'm not. Uh, okay, so um, rough and tumble fighting was actually a form of combat that evolved in the rural areas of southeastern United States in the 18th century. You don't say. In the 18th century. It was brutal. It was no-holds-barred form of fighting that had no rules or limitations. Fighters could kick, bite, gouge, and scratch their opponents with sharp fingernails. We'll get back to the fingernail bit. The ultimate goal was to maim or incapacitate the opponent, often by gouging out their eyes. Dude, is this, because this was back in the 18th century, it's in the 1700s, is this like, uh, is, this a, is this a nice way of saying it's slave fighting? No, no, this wasn't, this, this wasn't, so that whole thing from like, from Django Unchained, that, the, the, they, they called it Mandingo fighting, um, which is, I, we probably want, might want to bleep that out. I, like, it doesn't sound good. Uh, that's, that's actually fa- fake. That was, a, that was like a fake thing that Quentin Tarantino put into the narrative of that film. If you look it up, there's no history of it. But rough and tumble fighting was a form of entertainment fighting that anybody could take part in. Mm-hmm. Um, the ultimate goal was to maim or incapacitate the opponent, oftentimes by gouging out the eyes. Rough and tumble fights were frequently held in fields, taverns or other gathering places with spectators placing bets on the outcomes honestly it would be a sick video game yeah it would be yeah um uh the origins of rough and tumble fighting are unclear but it likely evolved from a combination of various forms of hand-to-hand combat some historians suggest that the fighting style may have been influenced by native american and african fighting techniques as well as the irish and scottish traditions of bare knuckle boxing the fighters themselves were often working class men, such as hunters, trappers, farmers, and unskilled laborers. They were typically from rural areas and lacked formal education or training in combat sports. Mm. The fights were a way for them to settle disputes and prove their toughness and strength to their peers. The prize for winning was often just the satisfaction of beating one's opponent, although bets were sometimes placed on the outcome of the fight. Imagine rough and tumble. 1k783 as a video game and you're like choosing between the like One, venue 1k dude <laughs> when you said that i was like Wait. it took me a second to pick up <laughs> yeah. like, 1k783 imagine choosing between the 2K venue 23. where the level is and like you're choosing you choose a tavern or like the field yeah. and the, but it's like sick graphics from today yeah. and there's like you know like there's fires in the background the, the atmosphere yeah would i mean be so good it, it could be, it would be very fun um as a video game it would suck in real wait life. till you hear this though one of the yeah. defining features of rough and tumble fighting was the use of long sharpened fingernails to gouge out the opponent's eyes wow yeah see that fighters would be a would, special ability fighters would sharpen their nails here's a here's an image a drawing image of of like one of their hands Sharpens would sharpen their nails and coat them in wax or resin to make them harder and more durable. One of the fingers are missing there because oftentimes men would bite the fingers off of other men during the fights. It would be you'd have to be pretty dexterous to like get somebody's finger in your mouth while you're fighting with Dude, them. Oh, and hell yeah. yeah. I mean, so so once the fight began, the fighters would attempt to scratch their opponent's face and eyes, often resulting resulting in permanent disfigurement or blindness. Eyeballs were sometimes gouged out of their sockets, which uh, was considered the ultimate victory. Uh, despite the brutal nature of the fights, there were often popular events, attracting large crowds of spectators. The fights were sometimes held in taverns or other public places where alcohol flowed freely, and the rowdy crowd egged on the fighters. The fights were sometimes in- interrupted by law enforcement or local authorities, 
but they were usually able to continue in other locations. Rough and tumble fighting was most prevalent in the rural Carolinas and Western Virginia, but it eventually spread to other areas, including Kentucky, Tennessee, um, Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, in these sparse, I was waiting for more. In these sparsely populated regions, there was less emphasis on um, puritanical and enlightenment ideals that deemed prize fighting as uh, gauche in in urban areas. Prize fighting at least had rules and limits, but rough and tumble was most violent, the most violent form of fighting in the U.S. at the time. And despite its popularity, rough and tumble fighting was widely condemned by the cultural elite at the time. Historians often viewed the fighters as dregs of American society, uneducated and uncivilized. Uh, many viewed the fights as barbaric and a stain on the nation's character. Wow. Uh, in the 19th century, the popular of rough and tumble fighting began to wane as other combat sports such as boxing and wrestling gained a wider acceptance. Boxing in particular became a more organized and regulated sport with clear rules and weight classes and prize fighting became legal and accepted in many areas while rough and tumble fighting faded into obscurity. Mm. And no cheating and no cheating, and like no betting cheating at all in boxing. No. Yeah, totally. Totally no. you know clean sport. You know what's interesting fights. is. Isn't that I, fucking crazy, I, though? I, I think is. about how like so it you can almost see the progression from from like, you know, obviously there's a bunch of gap in time here, but like the Roman gladiators fighting in the yeah. Coliseum to rough and tumble fighting to yeah. boxing uh, and, and so on. Like it gets a little bit more tame over time yeah. in, in some ways, uh, in a lot of ways. But do you think that people who went to the Coliseum to watch people kill each other? I know the answer to this. Do you think that they experienced that as a traumatic event? No. Or do you think no. they were no. like, do you think it was just so Dude, they were so that- fucking stoked. So again, I know, I've, I've talked, I, I've talked about this a number of times, like, but on, on the, the pain for episode of uh, a hardcore history, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't traumatic for them. They were, they were like, they were elated to take part in it, dude. They used to do people, people think about those, like those Coliseum things, you know, the ways that we typically think about it is like what we've seen in media, which is like gladiator, right? It's like two prisoners, or several prisoners that are given some weapons and they're like, you guys go fight it out. The last man to, to live survives and, and gets to do it again the next day or whatever. It was way, way more fucking insane than that. And that's already insane. They used to, they would do, they would do things where they would do that. They would go, all right, we're going to take like, like 10 guys and we're going to put a lion in there. And it's all, all for one. Like, like whoever, whoever, if the, if the lion kills them all, the lion wins. If one man's left standing, he's the winner. Okay, sure. They also, there are reports like this is, you know, there were like posters and like writings of, um, they would take a hundred bears and put them against a hundred lions <laughs> and just throw them in there and let them fucking go at it. I mean, it's not, like, it's like, that's, <laughs> can you, you know, imagine it, seeing a hundred bears? Like that's something that's like, it's, that's it's, like Dude, that's like one of those like weird fucking drunk nights. We're like, uh, what do you think? Do you think a hundred bears would be a hundred lines? How much time do I have to prepare? <laughs> dude, 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 it's it is it's literally crazy. YouTube thumbnail clickbait titles yeah. of like scenarios in real life yes. yeah. before technology happened. even exists. But what yeah. it what it, what it would be? I mean, if if we're following like the trajectory of how we how how as humans we seem to evolve in some ways over time, um. 
like humans hum, humans get more decent over time that's the trajectory so it wouldn't be weird to think that in I feel like I, I get more indecent I, I, over time I, I, you know what, I mean? I yeah, what happened to you guys I don't know, you know how <laughs> <laughs> oh stop rubbing your nipples um that <laughs> if you if you follow if you follow the trajectory it wouldn't be weird to think that in uh I don't know maybe not a hundred years, but like maybe a few hundred years that we might look at any sport that causes a head injury and go, can you believe that anybody ever participated in a sport where mm. head injury was just a part of it? It's like fighting coming out of hockey. Totally. Recently and things like or, that. Or like, just, like, or hockey not existing. Or like hitting. Because it's like yeah, when yeah, you play yeah. hockey, you can get a head injury. Like, you know, very easily as opposed to like, accidents that might happen in like a marathon or something like that or like or like chair shopping chair shopping right or chair shopping which does ergonomic chair shopping so like so if you follow the progression you can imagine it's not hard to imagine a future where like no contact sport exists ever and so and and that we will look back on that and go do you think that that people who went and enjoyed those sports thought that it was they felt like it was a traumatic event to see people getting concussions yeah like i could see i could see a future like, no, i could see a future where all. like where people play violent sports but it's all it's all vr based right and then they look at that and they go could you imagine if we were actually doing this doing with this? our bot like our actual bodies like where we're not wearing a haptic vest and we like feel the <laughs> the sensation of getting slammed by like a, another football player but it like would- our, our actual rib cage would be like taking that damage. That's except, fucking crazy. Like I can see that. Except it'd be more like this, and they'd be like the guys from Wally, and they'd be yeah. back in the chairs, and they'd be like, Can "You imagine?" Yeah, yeah. And there's just, yeah. This yeah. And while they're what, having what, that conversation, there's just like a there's just an automated flashlight. There's just. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I haven't seen Wally. Are these just like? Are these just like? What, uh, you've never seen Wally? Oh, no, dude. Oh my you, god, dude. You, oh, man, you, you should, should watch, watch that with your daughter. Yeah. Even though she won't understand a fucking thing that's going on, one hundred percent. So the, she won't understand anything. Yeah, so we will watch it with her anyway, and then watch it with her once a month until she understands it. Wow, Wally is a futuristic that. little garbage robot that <laughs> that lives <laughs> in this world <laughs> where humans have fucked up the He's planet dog water. so bad that they live on the space station, and they all they don't move because everything is like automated and connected to them. So they their bone density is so low. That they just exist in these floating chairs where they float around and do shit. Is it an, it's animated, right? Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful movie. Okay, it's real. It's amazing, guys. I love animated movies. I mean, they're really great when they're done really well. Pixar, Disney. Yeah, I can't wait to see Super Mario. Super Press. Mario. Oh God, um, I've seen it twice, and I just I love it so much. Peaches, 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 peaches. Um. <laughs> Taylor hasn't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So. I, I haven't seen it. So. Um, that was really good. Oh no! Actually. Did they get Scott Stapp to? Uh, no, it's no, Jack, Jack, Jack Black. Black. Oh right. Dude. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, folks, that's it. Uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, if you want to help us produce the show, come on over to the Discord. Leave a comment. Say hello. Meet the gang. They're all there. We're all here. Uh, and if you want to support the podcast further, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or go to your Spotify mobile app and hit that rating button and give it a five star. If you give it any less than five stars, we will create some sort of AI system that will uh, find you and, and fucking wipe your phone of all of its photos. 
We will, yeah. That's a yeah. true crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tall. I am tall. I am tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing that uh, I have to say to you is that if you want to be a guest on the show, go to sickpointpodcast.com and click Brian's favorite button. Uh, it's very obvious in the top right corner. You'd know even if I didn't tell you where it was. And uh, fill out the form and become a guest if you'd like. And if if you uh, are part of a health association or organization that uh, has a complex idea that you want to share with your audience and you want to you want to make a podcast to tell that story, you can. Uh, uh, this is a little like thing that you know we've been working on but you can reach yeah, out to us you can reach out to us because we do that we do that um yeah send us an email same place you send it to that tiller said and i didn't say an email but it's it but you know <laughs> so so that you know it's info at sickboypodcast.com uh that's a good place to send it um and a huge thank you to rich o'coin for the theme music and jeff lonis uh our manager we love you so much so 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 much that is it for this week i'm brian i'm taylor And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.